Hey, you busy? Mm-mm. Okay, let me run something past you real quick. So you know when I'm reading the Real Housewives of the Bible, right? Um, <laughs> no, and it gets juicy. I gotta call you up to... It's just, I can't keep this to myself. You need popcorn. You need an audience. You need what? Yeah, I'm gonna need that. Um, so real quick, entertain me. Read in Genesis 29. And I'm like, whoa, this is outrageous. And I kind of had some spins on it, some kind of insight. And I just wanted to go ahead and share with you. So you know where I read from. I need from my NLT, New Living Translation. And so we're going to go ahead and start at, where we at? This is 15. So Genesis 29, 15. All right. So give you some backstory. Jacob went, found his uncle Laban, was like, hey, can I come stay with you? He was like, sure. Your family kissed him, embraced him. You can come stay with me. 15. After Jacob had stayed with Laban for about a month, Laban said to him, you shouldn't work for me without pay just because we're relatives. Tell me how much your wages should be. 16. Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah and the younger one was Rachel. 17. But there was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, a.k.a. she was terrible looking. She was harsh. She was a look only a mother could love. But I digress. 17 again. But there was no sparkle in Leah's eyes, but Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Okay, so Rachel was stacked. You know, she was a brick. Mm -mm. So clearly they already made it real clear biblical terms. Rachel was, she was a 10. She was sitting on 22s, okay? And Leah, mm, not so much. You can squint. It, I mean, she had, you know, nothing, nothing to look at. 18. Since Jacob was in love with Rachel, clearly, because she was bomb, but I digress. He told her father, I'll work for you for seven years if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Now, pause. We some people don't even have men who will work for 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 anything, okay? And you gonna work for seven years? Like how beautiful was that? She had to be something out of this world, cause the Bible said and her figure was bomb. So yeah, wow. Okay, Rachel, you got people working for seven years? <laughs> That's a different kind of beauty. Nineteen, agreed. Laban said. I'd rather give her to you than anyone else. Stay and work with me. 20. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Oh. oh. Yeah, we don't know love like that these days, right? Yeah, that's, that's a little. Okay. 21. Finally, the time came for him to marry her. Ooh. Okay. I have fulfilled my agreement. Jacob said to Laban, now give me my wife so I could sleep with her. Okay, first of all, sir, calm down. I mean, I know it's been seven years, but <laughs> calm the down, okay? Don't make it obvious. Make it seem like, oh, it was just but a few days. You you going to tell her pops? Like, no, I'm ready to sleep with your daughter. Calm down. Sheesh. Anyway, 22. So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night, when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob, and he slept with her. Pause. Let's read it again. But that night, when it was dark, Laban took Leah 
to Jacob and he slept with her. Now, sir, um, we clearly identified a few verses up that Leah was that of a gremlin. Okay. That's why you had to do it when it was dark because you knew any kind of sunlight in a glimpse of dusk. It would have been, mm-mm. We can see we can see from the outline that ain't it because Rachel's body was bomb and her beauty was bomb and so we would have seen no her face that's not it sir. Wow. All right, it's getting juicy. Okay, let's let's, let's go ahead and get in it. Twenty four. Laban had given Leah a servant, Zippah, to be her maid. Twenty five. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, ooh, listen, I can't even imagine. I'm getting excited. Okay, 25. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. Explanation mark in the Bible so you know it's real. Quotation. What have you done to me? Jacob raged at Laban. Y- yo, give him them hands. Seven years, sir. You getting these hands, sir? Yeah, that's the rage you finna see. But let's read on. I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? Mm, put your finger on there. So sidebar, when you read about Jacob, yeah, he his name meant trickster. And so getting a little bit of his own medicine didn't taste so good. Hmm? Not so much. Yeah. Okay. We'll read on. 26. It's not our custom here to marry off a younger daughter ahead of the firstborn, Laban replied. But wait until the bridal week is over, then we'll give you Rachel too, provided you promise to work another seven years for me. Mm-mm, sir, provided that you get these hands, that you get this two-piece and a biscuit, and I'm not even working at Popeye's. That's, what, that's the conversation we're having, but let's see what Jacob said. 28. So Jacob agreed to work another seven more years. Okay, see, 14 years a slave? Not doing it, sir. I'm just, I'm not. But again, the Bible says she was bomb. So what that beauty could do to a man, make him work for 14 years for free. Okay, I just, okay. Continuing with 28. A week after Jacob had married Leah, Laban gave him Rachel too. Oh, so he didn't have to work the whole seven. Let's read it again for clarity. So Jacob agreed to work seven more years a week after Jacob. Oh, okay, because he did say, hey, after the bridal week is over. I get it. Okay. So it was just, you need to pay this in interest. I need to know. Uh, okay, that was the grace period, the week. I got it. Okay, great. 29. Laban gave Rachel a servant, Bilhah. I believe that's how you pronounce her name, but you know how they do back in the days, but that's fine. To be her maid. 30. So Jacob slept with Rachel too, and he loved her much more than Leah. He then stayed and worked for Laban the additional seven years. Okay, Jacob, for coming through on your word, but okay with Leah just being the um the face that only a father can love. Wow. Okay, look, get juicier. Get juicier. Let's go ahead and get in this. 31. When the law saw that Leah was unloved, he enabled her to have children, but Leah could not conceive. Now, let me go ahead and break that down to the elemental P. Um, God sees when you're overlooked. 
God sees that when people are looking at your exterior, seeing if you have that degree, what your qualifications are and all that, he sees when you're being overlooked and he just does this wonderful God thing that says, you know what? I know how everybody else is looking at you, but I'm going to make sure that I put something in you that can't be duplicated, that can't be trained that no one else can carry out, but the favor that I have on you is going to be clear that you are not going to be overlooked. Yes, your face is busted, Leah. Yes, you look like your uncle in a skirt. However, what I'm getting ready to give you is going to make your name shine. It's going to make your legacy come through. You understand? Hmm. 32. So Leah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Reuben. Okay, Leah... Why you went for grandpa name off back? Like, you saw him and he did the, oh, and he was like, oh, look a little Ruru. That's Reuben? Why you made him a grandfather upon, upon approach, upon receipt, upon delivery? He became a grandfather instantly with that name. Thanks, Leah. I just, I, 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 I can't. Okay, so she named him Reuben. For she said, the Lord has noticed my misery, and now my husband will love me. Mm. And we still, still still doing that in the 2000s and what we in? That you think you having a baby's going to make a man love you? That ain't new, sis. Leah tried that. And guess what? We'll read the rest so you can see. 33. She soon became pregnant again and gave birth to another son. She named him Simon. For she said, the Lord heard that I was unloved and has given me another son. 34. Then she became pregnant a third time. Leah, give us some room. Your womb needs to heal, ma'am. Yeah, you in that thing? I mean, just calm it down. Ah. It's like on your six-week checkup, they're like, oh, you four months pregnant. Like, how you, what you, what? Slow, just the math, I know, but like, wow. Sheesh. No, because I react to the Bible like this. Like, what y'all, is you, you giving her room to heal? Them babies is four minutes apart, all of them. Okay, I just, let me get back to it. All right, so 34. Then she became pregnant a third time and gave birth to another son. His name was Levi, or he was named Levi, as the Bible says. For she said, surely this time my husband will feel affection for me since I have given him three sons. Yeah, because that's the answer. But you know what? Let me sit down. 35. Once again, Leah became... I'm going to throw the phone. What you doing, sis? Yo, your, prena your prenatal pill. I just... Her Wow, okay, 35. Once again, as I roll my eyes, Leah became pregnant and gave birth to another son. She named him Judah. Yes, Lion of Judah. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Okay, you finally got a name that we can, we can do something with. You did Levi, we got the genes, cool. Appreciate all that. Um, she named him Judah, for she said, now I will praise the Lord. And then she stopped having children. Thanks, Leah. Because we got a complaint from your womb, and it said, um, I need to breathe, ma'am. Okay? Jeez. I'll tell you, the Bible, listen. The Bible will work your pressure if you read it and just really get into it. All right, next chapter, Genesis 30, verse 1. 
When Rachel saw that she wasn't having any children for Jacob, she became jealous of her sister. She pleaded with Jacob, give me children or I'll die. Then Jacob became furious with Rachel. Am I God? He asked. He's the one who has kept you from having children. Verse 3. Then Rachel told him, Take my maid, Bilhah, and sleep with her. She will bear children for me, and through her I can have a family too. Verse 4. So Rachel gave her servant Bilhah to Jacob as a wife, and he slept with her. Bilhah, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but this is how we're going to pronounce it today. Bilhah became pregnant and presented him with a son. Rachel named him Dan. Okay, first surrogacy. Okay, Rachel named him Dan, for she said, God has vindicated me. He has heard my request and given me a son. Then Bilhah became pregnant again and gave Jacob a second son. Rachel named him Naphtali, for she said, I have struggled with my sister and I am winning. Whoa, <laughs> ma'am. Uh, we naming children the competition that we feeling inside. That's what we doing. Because you're not really winning. You're only two in uh, through a surrogate and your sister got three. So your math, a little off, but that's fine. Verse nine. Meanwhile, Leah realized that she wasn't getting pregnant anymore. So she took her servant, Zilpha, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Yo, y'all really in the competition for America's Next. We're going to keep having all the kids. Okay, that's fine. It's a show in my head. That's fine. Verse 10. Soon, Zilpha presented him with a son. Leah named him Gad, for she said, how fortunate am I. Then Zilpha gave Jacob a second son, and Leah named him Asher, for she said, what joy is mine. Now the other woman will celebrate me. Y'all are doing the most. Y'all tearing up wombs across the globe. Like, give this a break, but that's fine. Verse 14. One day during the wheat harvest, Reuben came, and so we got all this stuff. I'm scribbling down now because I know this part, so it's not really the point I'm trying to make because now, now they're getting outrageous. They're trying to pay each other. I want to sleep with him tonight. No, you sleep with him tonight. It's a lot going on. It's just it's a lot. Leah gets pregnant again because we know she's build a bear for babies at this point. It's ridiculous, the shop that's going on in her womb. I personally want to file a complaint. It's a lot going on, but okay, great. So we'll scribble down to 17 to show you. And God answered Leah's prayer. She became pregnant again and gave birth to a fifth son for Jacob. She named him, I can't pronounce that. Asakar, that's as far as I'm going to go. For she said, God has rewarded me with giving my servant to my husband as a wife. Then Leah became pregnant again. Okay. And gave birth to a sixth son for Jacob. It's okay. Okay. It's a lot. And people just keep getting pregnant and pregnant. Go all the way down 22. Then God remembered Rachel's plight. Oh, you mean earlier when she was like, give me a baby, I'm going to die? Okay, 22. Then God remembered Rachel's plight and answered her prayers by enabling her to have children. Oh, that's nice. We fit the 111 um, kids in. 23. She became pregnant and gave birth to a son. God has removed my grace. Disgrace, she said. 24. And she named him Joseph. 
for she said, may the Lord add yet another son to my family. Now, I got a little something I'd like to say about that. So, just my thought. Um, wow. On the um, reality show of Genesis 29 and 30. Um, that's the episode airing on the Bible this hour. Wow. Um, first, I feel like the reason why there was so much hatred um, against Joseph, because this is the same Joseph that, you know, the brothers threw in the pit and he worked his way through the jails and, you know, the slavery and then the palace. And I feel like there was so much hatred because I feel like his father showed a special kind of um, appreciation for this child because this was the first biological child of Rachel. Now, if he was willing to work 14 years for, for somebody for free, I'm sure that once they finally was able to reproduce, it was like, I'm going to love this baby forever. But I want to bring your attention to the fact that Rachel spoke something. Rachel said, give me a baby or I'll die. Now, I don't have the time to go all the way to Genesis 35, but you know what exactly what she spoke is exactly what happened when she gave birth to her second son and tried to name him something out of her sorrow. And then Jacob renamed him Benjamin. That was her last son. She died trying to have children. And I went through all that and was reading that and was like, wow. Number one, that's how it looks on a God's eye view. And I call that the bird's eye view so you can kind of see above the situation. Because when you're not in a situation and you're, you know, reading above it, you're reading it, you're looking at it, you're dissecting it, you get a different perspective. The way that Rachel was trying to compete with Leah, who is it in your life that you feel like, are you either the Leah or are you the Rachel? Are you competing with someone who is naturally able to do a thing? Are you looking at someone else's natural abilities and you have a jealousy behind it because you can't sing like that? You can't add math like that. You don't make clothes from scratch. You can't grow a garden like that. What is it that secretly behind closed doors you may have a Rachel kind of mentality behind it? And why would Rachel even have the perspective of she has to have children in order to win against her sister. Ma, you won this whole situation. You want to know why? It was because of you. This man worked seven years for free. He only did the one week grace period with your sister because he was going to work another seven years for you for free. And sometimes we get so boggled down on the results of a thing. That you're not really identifying the true nature of what's in front of you. Yeah, you can't have children, but you know what? You have his heart. Now, sidebar, it won't be no two wives in these situations. I don't know what they're doing, but shouts out to them from being able to manage that back in the days. But just having the perspective of, I have his heart. She can have his kids all day long. The Bible even says she she got a face a, a gremlin will be afraid of. Um, But just looking at it differently. And even having wisdom in the midst of emotions to say, give me a baby or I'll die, for that to be the very reason, the very outlet of how she died, wow. Sometimes you're competing with someone in a realm that you was never supposed to be in, and it's the one thing that takes you out. I want us all to get to a place that we just understand that naturally you were called to do something. Shouts out for Leah birthing, you know, I'll leave our genes. 
the line of Zuda, you know, all those different names. Shouts out for Leah being the baby factory of um, them all. She won gold medal to you. But that's what she was called to do. Maybe Rachel was just supposed to be OG trophy wife. You know, we don't know. But it was so many different lessons in that that I'm like, man, that crab in the back, oh, I'm not having kids no more. Okay, then I'm going to find a new way to do the thing that I can't do no more. Even when Leah stopped having children, it was like, well, go ahead. I want you, I want to keep winning. So I want to do this through my wife. Like how many times is God telling us, you know, putting a pause on something, putting a stop on something, but we, in our own way, take our hands to try to find another way to make that come to pass. And let that rest right there. Stop trying these man-made ways of developing results on a God-given stop. Maybe it's not a no that we should hear. Maybe it's a not yet. Maybe it's a no. You can't have kids, Rachel, because this thing's going to kill you. Your body is not, although the Bible says you have a real nice figure, shouts out to those measurements, but that figure was not made to bear children. Maybe, yes, Leah, your face is, a, you know, it makes people queasy on the hello. Cockeyed, no sparkle in your eye. However, the Bible wants to explain it. You know, you just had a face that was like, oh. Who's puppy? You know, who knows? But you know what? You birthed legacy. There was legacy in you. So competition is so dangerous. Not accepting the true nature of how you were created or how you were structured can be the death of a thing. You're going to just keep going to school, huh? You're going to get the doctorate, maltrate, maltrate. you're going to just keep going. And you're not even factoring in. There are some other talents that I have that can probably make me um, happier, uh, be more lucrative, and I can really make happen. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to just follow the student loan debt until, I, until, you know, the student loan debt says when. Or whatever it is. You know, that's just an example. But you get what I'm trying to say. Right. Thank you. You get what I'm trying to say. Looking at this is almost like, wow. But you know what I, I said? You know, we read these Bible verses and we can have all these reactions, right? Like, again, that's what you're doing. And we can look at other people's lives and be like, mm, you know, she only having kids by him because her sister having kids too. Yeah, girl, mm -hmm, but I ain't want to gossip. You ain't heard it from me, right? But I always envision like, are the angels looking down at our lives and saying the same thing? Are they looking at our lives and seeing, man, there you go again, trying to live out your father's dreams because he's not giving you the attention you feel you need. So you're going to go ahead and just follow his footsteps. There you go, trying to go ahead and try to do with the family business. You don't want to, you know, rattle no cages. So you just want to make nice and just do what they said to do. There you go again, trying to see what your ex is doing and try to see, you know, if old girl's cuter than you and see if you still got a handle on his heart because, you know, you ain't really finding no real love out here in these cold streets. Like, what is it that low key that angels is looking down on you and going, what are you doing? What are you not accepting about yourself that's truth? What are you trying to compete and compare with that's just not your structure? It's not how you were created. What is it? And when we come to the realization of, oh, okay, so 
I'm accepting my truth. That's what it is. My face looks like Snuffleupagus, and I'm probably shaped a little bit like Snuffleupagus as well. But you know what? There's legacy in me. You know what? I am absolutely a trophy wife, but I am the epitome of looking great on the outside and having nothing to give on the inside. Rachel was beautiful, had a wonderful shape. She was jealous. She was competitive. And, I mean, even to the point with all the love that Jacob had for her, he looked at her and was like, furious. Like, I'm, am I the one that stopped your womb? Leave me alone. Ask God. I'm not the one that did it. And that's a word for men. Are you looking for the thing that's beautiful on the outside, or are you looking for the thing that can expand your legacy? So many men are tied up in this measurement, beautiful body, face, hair, whatever. You have this, you know, trophy wife in your in your mind, right? But she's empty on the inside. She can't offer you nothing but that. And guess what? You know what the old people say? You know, that beauty fades. Better give somebody with a good heart can feed you, son. That's just my idea of what it sounds like when granddad's talking to you, right? But I understand we don't want to go all the way to the extreme and get a Leah. You know, we don't want a Leah who we look at her and it's like, I, I told you not to come out until I'm finished eating because I can't stomach your face, right? We don't want that. But that should be a clear indication of be selective on what you commit to. Because how the story could have read was that Joseph worked seven years for free. Married Rachel, never had any kids. Did I say Joseph? I meant Jacob, if I didn't. Okay, so Jacob could have worked seven years for free. Married Rachel, no children. The end. Right? And so it took, another way how it can be looked at is, because there was so much happening with Leah getting pregnant all the 14 million times she did, and then her maid serving getting pregnant, um, and then Rachel's maid serving getting pregnant, maybe God felt like, you know what, I want you, because it is your burning desire, it is your heart's desire, and the Bible says that he delights in our heart's desire, maybe he felt like, let me let you experience what you have made yourself believe that you're missing out on. So here comes one child. Have a nice day, okay? Here comes Joseph. But then when God sees like, man, please don't have it where you have God torn between, I want to give you your heart's desires, but I know that it's too much for you. Or that um, if I give this to you, it will not be a blessing. It will be a burden. I love that he's God enough that it's like, you know what? I'll hold out. Because it could have looked a lot like she had one baby, she had two, and then she died really, really early. At least she got to see, you know, her first child kind of, you know, come out. And she got to see her nephews, which she probably was jealous of. But that's fine. You got to read the story. I don't want to give it all away. The moral of this conversation is, are we not accepting where we're at? Are we not accepting our God individual customized individuality our uniqueness are we not accepting that don't want something so bad that it costs you literally your life 
literally your purpose, literally the very dream that God had you for. Rachel was supposed to be beautiful, full figure. You go ahead and you have a nice day and you live this life with your husband. I don't think it should have ended with, and she died trying to have a baby and she was barren all this time. Comparing yourself to someone else is really dangerous. Trying to pursue and run the track of somebody else's lane is really dangerous. And we have to do a better job at clearly identifying, you know what, congratulations, sis, but that's not me. Congratulations, sir, but you know what, you were wired to do that, not me. You ever went to somebody's job? Like, for instance, I've, I've gone and got blood work and looked at the phlebotomist and was like, how do you do this all day? And she was like, it don't bother me. Oh, praise God. I'll be throwing up in between clients. In, I just, I can't. I want to throw up now. This is just, it's queasy for me. Imagine if I decided, no, I like their pay. I like their schedule. I'm going to be a phlebotomist. And I strain and toil my way to try to live out somebody else's uh, calling. Wow. But the weird thing is that hearing it sounds like, yeah, that's stupid, but so many people are doing it. Competing towards your sister, competing towards your coworker, competing. And we don't like to, we don't like to call it competition because it, it sounds, you know, has a little negative connotation to it. We so much, you know, we just, mm-hmm. But if you really just looked around, you're like, how come everybody is getting these butt implants and, you know, they're doing stuff to their face and injecting their lips? And Because someone looked at someone else, seeing that they didn't have it and was destined to, I'm going to look like that. I want to um, obtain that. Women dying because they blood, butt implants did something different. I'm sure that wasn't the calling on their lives. But you know what? Free will. Can't be overridden. Free will is God's perfect will. And then it's free will. You choose it. He says, I set before you life and death. You choose it. So go back, read you some, the juicy, juicy details. Because this thing gets, I'm telling you, you don't need no reality TV. Open up the Bible. It gets real. And just read. And kind of like put yourself in that position or like, you know, that mindset. And just be like, what led you? To want this thing so bad that you was willing to, you didn't even tap into what your given purpose was, Rachel. You just kept looking in Leah's lane the whole time. That's the life you lived. That's the life she lived. And the same question could be posed to you. What's the life you're living? Make sure that when you're looking down at your lane, that those are your sneakers and that was supposed to be your lane. Please don't be nobody else's track. You know what these conversations are for? It's, it, listen, it's the G-check. It's the check that nobody else is going to give you because they don't want you to have an attitude and not call them and speak to them for a couple of months or years. But, you know, hold no grudge. But I feel like we're friends enough. You know, we are family here, okay, that we're friends enough that I could challenge you to do a self-assessment. That's the purpose of these phone calls, to be better than what you were before we had this conversation, right? But read this. Reflect on this conversation, share it with other people, and just whatever was ministering to you as I was talking to you, let it just mean what it was supposed to mean, and go back to the, all right, I got to change some stuff. I, if, I, if, I, if I'm real, I am looking at certain people, and I'm like, ooh, I, I wish I had, you know, low-key. I don't want to say, you know, say it out loud, but I am kind of like, 
when I look in the mirror, I wish and I wish, and I'm looking at the frame that God gave me, and I'm not really, uh, I'm looking at the calling and the innate abilities that I have, and I'm not really giving it the highlight it deserves because I'm looking at other people's and I'm comparing, and theirs look a little better than mine. What a shame. I really wish we could have read more about Rachel, but I couldn't because she was too stuck living some in somebody else's shadow. And all I got to know was that um, she was beautiful, she was full-figured, and um, she was trying to create uh, her own lane in somebody else's uh, shoes, and it didn't work out too well for her. Hmm. Yeah, that's real. But you know I don't like to get heavy. I just want you to, you know, just give something a different look, give it a different kind of, huh, never seen it that way. You know, a little perspective check, if you will. But as my good, good nanny says, all right. I ain't going to hold you. Now, I'm going to go ahead and um go ahead and flip these burgers cuz um I'm hungry. And um we'll talk about this more in another fashion, but you know, just go ahead and read it on your own time if you want. But I'm I'm going to hit you back. I'm going to call you later. All right? All right, later.